It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is the most crucial position battle on Auburn's defense the one that we're talking the least about? You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up on this Friday with Daryl Dapperich, Montgomery Radio Vet. Also, happy opening day for Auburn baseball to all who celebrate. <laughs> Daryl. We'll talk about Auburn basketball. They've got a huge weekend. Baseball tonight, obviously getting going. But first things first with football, is the the biggest position group, I'm sorry, the biggest position battle on the defensive side of the ball involving the linebackers? Because there's all this talk about the defensive front because there's a bunch of questions. There's all this talk about the defensive backs because there's a bunch of questions. And half of the guys were in Mobile for the Senior Bowl just a few weeks ago. The core to me is the linebacking room, and there's still plenty of questions there too, but there's experience. There's experience at the linebacker room that there's not at the other two levels of the defense. Absolutely. Polar opposite of where we were going into last year. We did a show, and the linebackers were like a big question mark. Of course, Eugene Asante wasn't Eugene Asante last year. He was an unknown that got buried under Harson. Keys was transferring in. We didn't know what we were going to have with with Austin Keys. So there were some inexperienced and some unknowns there. This year, I really feel good about the linebacking core for the reasons you mentioned, the experience, how Eugene Asante has ascended into a linebacker after that Cal game. The Cal game, to me, is where he arrived on the scene. Austin Keys getting healthy, him coming on. Now you've got some depth, too, because – Let's face it, outside a receiver, linebacker in the recruiting room, and what Auburn did from a recruiting standpoint, one of the best in the country. I mean, one of the best recruiting classes in the country. And then the caveat, Auburn's new defensive coordinator, his specialty is linebackers. Durkin's dudes. Durkin's dudes. So because of that, I think there's going to be some battles. I think, uh, you know, uh, the the transfer Mayuzi coming in from Duke, solidifies from a depth standpoint to go along to bridge that gap to when the freshmen start to figure it out and can play. So we all agree Eugene Asante is linebacker one, but assuming Auburn's base has extra defensive backs on the field, I'm I'm expecting Auburn's base to be two linebackers. And I think most of Auburn's snaps will have two traditional off-ball linebackers, not counting the jack or the edge as a linebacker spot. And so if that's the case, who is Auburn's linebacker two? Because I think you can make the case for a lot of folks. Austin Keys, a guy who was very excited when DJ Durkin was hired, played for DJ Durkin and Ole Miss. They've uh, they've obviously have a relationship. But I think it's Dory Mausi, the, the transfer from Duke, a guy who has played a ton, a ton of football. And to me, I just don't think he would have come over if he did not feel that he could be in the conversation to start at linebacker for Auburn for his final year of eligibility. 
I felt that way until they hired Durkin. I'm right there with you. Okay. Uh, Mayuzi, his scouting report is he's not very good side to side, uh, but he's very, very high football IQ. That's the exact kind of person you want to put next to Asante. But with the hire of Durkin and Keys already knowing Durkin's system and being so excited about the hire of Durkin, Durkin knowing Keys. Familiarity, man, it breeds comfort. And I think that that's where you'll see Keys plugged in. And let's let's not underestimate what Keys did the last three or four games of the season when he started feeling comfortable when the cast came off. And I think he was just less tentative. He really played good linebacker uh, down the stretch. That and the fact that it's a really – comfortable situation with Durkin and Durkin knows him. But uh, Mayuzi is a perfect fit because when I looked at the scouting report and he came over, the projection was not a plug-and-play guy, not a first-teamer, a depth piece. What better? And then the other guy that that I'm seeing, I, I look at different depth charts through across the through across the internet, and, and one that I'm really, really high on, I won't mention them, but they are very, very good at projecting Auburn's depth charts, almost like they have a guy on staff. Things me and you have talked about that only insiders would know this cat's got on his website as far as depth chart. And they've got DJ Barber backing up Asante and, and Mayuzi backing up keys, or maybe it's flip-flop. But either way, DJ Barber is ahead of Riddick on this depth chart. Um, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So I like it. And then they've got Steiner in there and uh, because Cam Riley transferred. So I I just think that, you know, keys has really emerged. And, and he's – we talked about the one guy that was going to benefit the most in the linebacking room – when DJ Durkin was hired, we agreed it was keys. If that's the case, you got to put him alongside Asante. I may have said it was Eugene Asante, but regardless, I think all the linebackers do benefit with DJ Durkin becoming Auburn's DC. Now, especially, I mean, since since we had that conversation, we were in Mobile and we had that conversation, uh, the structure of the like coaching staff changed a little bit too because Aldridge was the linebackers coach at the time and he's now moved to being, you know, the edge coach. Um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think that helps the linebacker room. No question about it. Darryl, I'm just going to ask a question, and, and I don't know if I fully buy into this or not, but I do think it's worth discussing. As far as, like, type of linebacker, because you talked about Dory Mayusi being a little limited as far as lateral, but he could be a thumper. Uh, I think he could be a really solid thumper at the, at the SEC level. Keys and Asante, they're similar in their style of play. They're, they're rangy, they move well laterally, and obviously you want as many of those guys on your roster as possible. But I do think I would trust Mayusi a little bit better as far as play recognition and first step in the run game. Mm-hmm. So does that help him? Because we're assuming Eugene Asante is going to be linebacker one. Do you want two different types of linebackers on the field potentially to start a game on first and 10 when you know the the full playbook is in front of you? And then maybe on third downs, you kind of focus on having a Eugene Asante and an Austin Keys. Great point. Because the, the funny part about that is Barber's also a thumper. So you'd be pairing the same two linebackers, two types of linebackers with Mayusi and Barber. And it depends on what DJ Durkin values. If he says, look, I got to have athletic linebackers, even if they're a little bit undersized, they can shoot the gaps. Remember, Keys can shot the gap some and made some great plays in the backfield in the run game as far as tackle for loss. But if you get a big offensive line that gets a big push and just runs it down your throat, yeah, that could be an issue. That could definitely be a problem, especially if Mayusi is very high IQ and can recognize draws, that kind of thing, you know, gap 
recognition, which is big for linebackers. I just I want to see what Durkin values. He may he may value athletic speed type linebackers that can shoot the gaps to stop the run rather than full physical brute force and strength. I do know that as this SEC just keeps evolving and with Texas and Oklahoma joining, it's become so throw it over the yard oriented that having linebackers that can cover in space Amen. seems to be a premium. Yeah. I, I So I say all that to say, or I guess I asked that question for us to get to the point of the, this linebacker room is going to allow this coaching staff to do different things based off of the game plan, which yes. is huge. It's exactly, exactly what you want. I think there's something about this linebacker room that's different from all the other position groups going through spring. And I want to see if you agree with this take or not. That's okay. coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show, well, Daryl, can you imagine? Can you imagine placing a wager on a sporting event and not using our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook? No, I could not. I could not. either. No. I can't either. I mean, it was our friends at FanDuel that said Auburn basketball, 11 and a half point favorites over South Carolina. I saw that line. I was a little nervous. I doubted our friends at FanDuel. I'm like, this is going to be a battle. And then Auburn said, no, we're going to destroy them by 40. Okay. Okay. He could have put All a right. lineup of 38 and a half. <laughs> that's, that's the amazing part, right? That That's insane. Woo. That's insane. And um, so whatever it is, I'm taking Auburn money line tomorrow on FanDuel. And I think you should too, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. They've got it all over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go ahead and get on there. And, uh, of course, FanDuel's the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Daryl, can you imagine buying Auburn gear anywhere other than Alumni Hall? No, I, I bought my first granddaughter her first piece of Auburn gear, and I'll be buying my second granddaughter her first piece of Auburn gear from Alumni Hall. I'm going to get drop shipped to my daughter's house. I'm excited about yes. that. Yes. yes. Congratulations. Daryl became a, uh, a grandfather for the second time since he's been on the show. So congrats to... To, uh, what do they call Big Poppy? What do they call big, you? Big Papa. Yeah. Big Papa. But that's big the fun Papa part Dad. is the first first gear, first Auburn gear, mm -hmm. the onesie, right? That's the thing you can wear when you're a newborn Classic. coming Classic. from Alumni Hall. Yep. And so uh, they've got stuff for everybody. doesn't matter. Uh, adult humans as well, uh, as well as dogs and cats and all, all sorts of stuff. They've got it all at Alumni Hall. I will be going there later today to get some Auburn basketball swag to wear to Plainsman Park this evening. So they've got three great physical locations in Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville. And then they also have a great website at alumnihall.com. Daryl, if I told you let's put all the position groups on a list going into spring, and then we project going through spring and then the first the, or the second transfer window after spring. I think the linebacker room will be the position group that looks the most different between point A and point B. Because mm -hmm. I think Eugene Asante, Austin Keys, uh, Dorian Mayusi, and the young guys, the incoming true freshmen, are going to eat. And I think they are going to have a clear hold on the room. And so if you're one of these guys in the middle, if you're a Wesley Steiner or a Jake Levant or a Robert Woodyard, or a Powell Gordon, 
And it's like, well, I'm not better than the guys that are older than me. And I'm not better than the guys that are younger than me. How am I going to play at Auburn University? And that's the position group where I see that the most, where it's like loaded at the top and loaded at the with the new guys. And I could see the linebacker room looking totally different um, now versus you know a few months from now. Yeah, it's a good point. I think, though, that if you're a Woodyard or a Levant, what you have to do is trust the hiring process and say, if I'm ever going to reach my expectation, if I'm ever going to get my play elevated and a, and a coach can get the most out of me to see some marked improvement, then I've got it's got to be Durkin. So there's hope with that. There's some hope that this is the dude that can shape and elevate and form linebackers. So let me give him a chance to sh- mold me and shape me and give me some improvement. Um, you also could look at Exhibit A and look in the linebacking room and look at your leader and Eugene Asante and say, this dude was nowhere to be found last year. Look at the leap he made. Mm-hmm. He was the guy looking around going, I ain't going to beat out this guy or beat out there. Or maybe he was. Maybe the linebacking room was so weak last year that he knew that if he he could elevate. I, I think it was that. I mean, this coaching staff was like publicly begging somebody to step up. And, and yeah. fortunately, it ended up being – Eugene but, but I think you 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 look at Eugene Asante as an example of somebody that can take a major leap, and then you look at the guy that's going to be coaching your the defensive co- you know the defensive coordinator and Durkin and his reputation with linebackers, and you say, well, if not now, never. Now, if you yeah. come out of spring, and you know kids are honest with themselves, how much they've improved, how much they've climbed up the depth chart. If that still doesn't happen, then it's time to get on with your life's work, as, as Chuck Noll used to say. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I just, if you had to guess right now, is Robert Woodyard on the roster when Auburn kicks off this? Yeah, season? I think that he's a guy you, that's going to be, that's going to be benefit. I'm not saying he's going to get the two deep, but he may get in the three deep and he may make an impact on special teams. And he may have enough hope and growth with Durkin that he, he, I think he's a guy that could really be, that I targeted that, Hey, Durkin can make an impact with him. Bless you. Excuse me. That Durkin you. can make an impact with him. So I think he will be. Um, what about Wesley others? Steiner? Is Wesley Steiner on the roster in 2024? No. Okay. Because of how long he's been here, and we've seen, I mean, I just, I don't know. He must I like hate, it here, though. He I must like it. Say, I hate it's to a, even so, say that. I hate to say a kid's not going to be on the roster, but but I think it's going to be from his own doing. I don't think there's, I just think he's going to look around and there's going to be some guys and he's going to go, you know what? I need playing time and I can play at X school. And so I'm going to go. Yeah. What about Powell Gordon? Mm. If I remember correctly, he entered the portal at one point and then like came back. Came back. Last yeah. I, I don't see a pathway. He's a tweener, right? I mean, sometimes he's played edge and he was, I just don't, I don't know. I think he's another guy that would benefit. Not that I'm writing the kid off, but I think there's so many talented freshmen coming in that changes. I think Woodyard has some of the physical attributes that a Durkin could pull it out of him. Sure. Gordon being a tweener. Would be a really good guy at the at the group of five level mm-hmm. to to make an impact. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, uh, Auburn basketball. They have a huge weekend this weekend as they host Kentucky. We discuss what exactly that looks like in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Game Time, and I'll tell you what, Daryl. I'll tell you what. If you are looking for a ticket. For Auburn, Kentucky, one, you probably waited too long. But the best way 
the best and most cost-effective way to get a ticket for Auburn versus Kentucky is what, Daryl? You know. Game time, brother. It's game, game time. time. It's game time. You'll be able yep. to see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what kind of great view you will get within Neville Arena. Um, yeah, go ahead and make an account. Use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. And seriously, just looking at their prices versus everybody else's, you're going to love game time. It's like two or three clicks on the app. It's very, very easy to use. Be sure to check it out. Once again, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Auburn obliterates South Carolina 101 to 61, I believe, mm -hmm. which is a lot. That's a lot, Daryl. And now they host a Kentucky team that's ranked in the top 25, but seems a little bit disappointed with how their season has gone so far. And mm -hmm. I think Kentucky, they really impressed me in the non-conference slate with what they did against Miami and what they did against North Carolina. But their experience within conference play has been a little bumpy. And they come to Neville Arena tomorrow on Saturday and they face an Auburn team that it just at times, Daryl, appears unbeatable at home. And to me, I, I just, I, I mean, everybody's got to be expecting Auburn to win this game on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's a great place to be too. You know, game day will be here. Jay Billis and the boys. Sure. Um, first of all, the Auburn South Carolina game. Um, South Carolina is a team that was only given up in the 60s defensively. People kept talking about how elite defensively they were. And I felt like if Auburn got to 80, it was going to be a double-digit win. And, of course, they got to 101. And it was just – it was – this is how big of a win it was. This will blow you away. That was the biggest win over a team ranked in the AP Top 25 in Auburn history. Insane. And, and they, you know, they stacked them. But to, to beat a team that was ranked 11th. Now, I feel like South Carolina – Great story, feel-good story, but I feel like they were ranked too high. I, I just felt like it was a little bit of uh, – they got exposed. Um, and they've got some big games down the stretch. I love their coach. I think he's about as classy as it could be. South Carolina's, I really felt feel like he's done a great job. But I did not think they were going to come in and give Auburn a close game. I thought it was going to be double digits, and, and it, no, I didn't foresee it to be 40. I feel like Kentucky, because of – the way they played against Ole Miss the other night is starting to kind of feel – first of all, they got some guys back. Mm -hmm. uh, Cal talked about how he felt like he had some depth and some rotation. That being said, they will have not played a team that can guard them like Auburn can if they choose to play the style of basketball. They're going to have to. They're going to have to extend past the three-point line. They're going to have to get after Reeves and some of those guys. Shepard's been coming on. This could be the first game, Zach, that Auburn wins at home and it's not double digits. We haven't seen it yet. In fact, all of Auburn's victories, all of Auburn's 20 victories have come by way of winning double digits, which makes for a nice, peaceful 
output, right? When you're watching the game, the AM game didn't feel that way. They scored a couple, you know, they scored like six points in the last 10 seconds, but yeah, free throws and all that kind of, this could be a game that I think Auburn wins, you know, six to eight spread and wins. It's in single digits. And for the first time with a victory, that's not double digits, but I do expect Auburn to win. And I think Auburn will play really, really high, really high level basketball. And I think they'll give Kentucky fits on the defensive end. Yeah. Kentucky, We've seen them whenever they don't shoot the ball well. I mean, you're going to know pretty quickly like how this is going to go. They could get blown out if they don't shoot it well. I mean, it, it yeah, could be if they come city. out cold and Auburn does what they need to do at home, and this is, I mean, if they're down twelve to four or something like that, if Auburn can get up quickly, this game's over. This game is over. If you make Kentucky shoot a ton of threes, I, I think they would really struggle. That's what we've seen so far. And there's been a few instances this year where they just couldn't, you know, they they couldn't shoot it from deep. And obviously the the other side of the coin could happen where they get red hot, but you don't typically see that from teams on the road. And we haven't really seen that from this Kentucky team on the road this year either. No, and I think one of the things that Auburn needs to stay away from, even though they absolutely shot the three incredible against South Carolina, is you don't want to get into a three-point shooting contest with Kentucky. No, we pay, we'd play, lose. We would play lose your that. game and get the ball inside to the Splash Brothers, as they call themselves now, Williams and Broom. Go, let the offense go through them. And, you know, Chad Baker-Mazzara, 10 points in 16 minutes. And a whole Who? pack of fr- – I'm sorry, Chad Bacon-Lasagna. And not only did he have like 10 points and six rebounds and four assists, he had one pack of fruit snacks eaten. Um, right after, you know, Michi got in his face, dude was so chilly, goes to the sidelines and starts eating fruit snacks. Classic. Classic. So I, I love the personality of the guys on oh, this team. Just, I love it so much. We said that he's going to be a guy that's kind of an antagonizer, can get under your skin, and the other. And Michi lost his mind, uh, which negated. He also flag- lost the game by he forty did. points too. Yeah, flagrant one gets negated with a double technical that that Baker Mazar gets to, Baker Lasagna gets to shoot. So I love the way he's playing. I'll tell you something else that's very very. Uh, interesting to me that could be a bold move that could pay dividends in the postseason. Denver Jones minutes at the one. Yeah. That, and he looked good. And I remember him coming to Auburn and people were questioning, is he going to play the one or the two? And we're like, no, Aiden's going to play the one. And you got Trey Donaldson. He looked really good playing the one, which Another example of crunch time. If you need more ball handlers out there, and you want to move Trey Donaldson to off ball, you can. You have Denver Jones, who's already played off ball. You can go with the three guard lineup if you needed to. If you're talking about a minute under a minute, you want to hold possession and go to the foul line because Denver Jones is a ninety percent free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that he was playing someone. The pass to Cardwell was great floor and vision recognition, where he found him on the dunk after Jalen Williams hit a three. I like that. It's a great option to have. What it also could do is, what if we've been talking about Holloway and his struggles mentally? What if you take that away from him and move him off ball and let Denver run the point and that you just move him to the wing and let him just catch and shoot, right? Because one thing about Denver Jones, he's good dribble drive. He can go to the rack. Aiden Holloway has not been successful at that lately. It gives you more options and more freedom. And I think to do that against – South Carolina last night is yeah. something that then or two nights ago is what Wednesday. Auburn put on Wednesday night is what Auburn put on tape 
for Kentucky to look at. Very interesting. I, yeah, I, I do think that's interesting. I think they're setting the groundwork of, okay, Aiden, if this doesn't work out in, in postseason play, this is what we can do. We can, we can rock with uh, with Denver taking the ball down the floor. I, I think they're setting the table where it's like, kid, we're going to give you chances. We're going to give you chances. But when it matters most, we can't do this if this is how you're going to continue to play. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is good. I think that's great because you can't say that Aiden Holloway hasn't been given a chance. I mean, there's times where he goes like one of seven. And it's like, okay, well, I don't love that he's shooting it seven times, but at least they're giving him the green light. At least he feels confident enough to, to shoot it a bunch. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. I wonder at some point, I just keep expecting it to come back. Because what I saw the first eight to ten games to me wasn't a fluke. He was one of Auburn's best players. He was Auburn's best guard. Yeah. Uh, to go away like that is scary. But for to to leave him, I, I think it'll come back, and it may come back having him off ball where he can just catch and shoot. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me on Twitter, DAP sixty four ten. Wednesdays and Fridays with you. King, Zach Blackerby. Hey. Uh, and then we will be live tomorrow night after the Kentucky game. Yeah, I hate that uh, that Auburn played that well and we we didn't go live on Wednesday. There was a light but... show waiting to happen that we're going to have to – we just had to bank for later. Yep, that's right. That's right. No, it was the wife's birthday and then you had family stuff with, with a new family member. So uh, it was just we needed to take the day off. So we'll be back, though, on uh, on Saturday. No question about it. Uh, cool. Be sure to like the video. Please subscribe and please check out all of our written work at auburndaily.com. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.